This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week's episode, we are reflecting on England's loss in the World Cup and mutually consoling each other. We are talking to my friend James, well, Reverend Yates, uh, about how do we explain to kids about what happens after death when they're attending a funeral or when someone they know who has died, and we're unsure about what their faith status was. And uh, the third thing that we're doing in our wildcard section is another books you don't have time to read book. This time it's called Growing With. But before we begin, uh, well, not before we begin, as we begin, I just want to say I'm sorry, everybody. I know. Hugs, hugs for everyone uh, who watched the Women's World Cup uh, as the lionesses fought and wrestled with the USA and lost. Uh, Me and my son watched with uh, hats and flags and homemade banners and agonized through disallowed goals and catastrophic failure moments and some seemingly unfair moments. There was a lot of emotion in our household throughout that experience. And we were absolutely devastated. But it was a really interesting opportunity to discuss failure. When I go around and talk with people, failure is is things that come up over and over again. How do we help our kids cope with failure? And there's no one perfect way. But I just found it a really interesting experience. And it it just reminded me that as we head into summer, there are going to be so many opportunities to witness failures and to experience failures and we can begin to really shape our child's experience of that and so I just thought I'd randomly I mean sometimes this podcast is hyper planned and sometimes it's like what's dripping out of my brain and today what's dripping out of my brain is this and so I just thought I'd share a bit about some of the things we ended up talking about while we were watching this amazing football match and there's not enough time to like fully explain all of this stuff and if you want to know more it's in the parenting children for life of faith a book with the omnibus version it's in the confidence section there's a whole chapter on failure in there but um failure is a is really tough for kids where there's personal shame there's regret there's embarrassment there's grief and one aspect that we can use really powerfully to help our child begin to see failure through a different light, to begin to understand failure, is to celebrate character in the journey of failure so that they learn to see people's experiences, not about whether or not they win or they lose, whether they succeed or fail, but in who they are in the midst of that journey. Uh, And so for us, we had no idea who was going to win the match. And so as we were going through, uh, our family was just discussing stuff as you watch and sort of pause for things. And uh, I I just jotted down afterwards. These are all the things that we randomly meandered past as we were watching the match. Um, we, we, We talked about the player who passed the the ball to the person who ended up scoring and how important that she was. So like everyone was like, woo, when the score happens. But 
But it was the beauty of the pass to the person who ended up kicking it into the goal that was as crucial, if not more crucial, than that final moment and how how the team celebrated that. And even the the commentators were, were commenting on the brilliant pass. And it was just so interesting that when you look at a team, it's not just who does the big moments, but it's who lays the foundations and who sets up the brilliant pass who eventually turns into a goal and how everyone is so crucial and every successful pass is a thing to be celebrated within it, that there's so many more things than whether or not they won the game. But that that it was just a, a beautiful thing. Every eye is needed. Every person is needed. And in the church, every every body is needed. Uh, another thing we ended up talking about was, uh, oh, how tough it is to be a ref. <laughs> I was such a big fan of that ref. And that man, that's a tough job. And so several times we were like, wow, that is such a tough job. Her job is to like bring justice in the middle. And she can't even see everything. So she's just running around watching and trying to make sure it's fair and taking care of the people who are hurt and making sure that she is catching people who aren't and she is trying to be this judge and justice on the field and that's a tough call and I so admired that one time where they called the VAR in where they sort of had a replay a video replay and she went and looked at it and then she changed her mind like how brilliant that she's in front of millions of people she makes a call she gets proven that it was probably the wrong call and she's like all right yep it was the wrong call i changed my mind like she was just the heart of justice and how cool that is but also how she couldn't possibly be the fullness of justice because there's only one person who actually sees everything that happens Uh, and we talked a bit about god like saying stuff and wouldn't it be great if God saw everything and brought justice now and would we want that or not we had this really interesting sort of side conversation about God's justice. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, how we felt about game management. Uh, there's a point at the, that the USA team sort of decided to stop scoring and just sort of was wasting time. And uh, my kid was really upset by that. He was like, you know, they're refusing to play and it was robbing other people of the chance. And what do we think about that? And it was really interesting about sort of, uh, there's this sense of never giving up and, and never never stopping trying and yet what happens when you're being prevented from that spiritually and and is is there a, a why were they settling for yes all, all of that stuff we had an interesting conversation about uh we also had a massive conversation about when the goal was disallowed and about how um how so we were so worried that their hearts would begin to despair and so many times in our life that happens like we make a mistake or we we um some injustice happens or it just doesn't work out and we could either be overwhelmed with despair and let it get in our heads and get it in our heart or we can just clear it off and apologize or be okay with it or say I forgive me I forgive others or to take it to God and help him and so we ended up like having this tiny little intercession moment where we're like oh god take away their fear of us happening and clear it from their brains god help them be present there's this random intercession moment for the women of the team because it was important uh what else oh and comfort and mistake when it when it afterwards and there were some you know some big opportunities missed and we ended up just feeling so bad for them just wanting to comfort them in mistakes because they're making mistakes in front of millions of people and trying to cope with that and and how hard that is and how much we admire them getting up and even at the end when they were getting interviewed and some of them were crying and yet they were still trying to be positive there was so much to admire in what a very quick moment could be called a failure 
And actually, it was it was a display of a lot of character and a lot of really interesting insights into who God is. Uh, so were we upset? Uh, yeah, we talked about it a lot. But there was so much to admire. They didn't win, but I don't think they failed because I they were... There's so much to admire in that journey. And that was just us talking through a football match. Uh, and there, there's so many opportunities. So I just wanted to encourage you that, that even if, if you have kids who are struggling with failure and you want to sort of emotionally ground them, but also spiritually ground them, there's so much in watching other people's failures that can create really interesting opportunities to open up this kind of concept. So without us sitting down with our kids and going, so that didn't go well, Jesus can help you with that. We can actually say, you know, failure is a part of life. And by laying this foundation in something normal and every day, it means you can pull back to it when your kid is experiencing it. Or when you're reading scripture, you can say, oh, I bet, you know, when Peter experienced this on the face of it, failure, what was he been feeling? And do you remember that? You know, I can imagine what that would be like. And you have all these great conversations. So wade into the failure stuff and show character and reflect on character in the midst of people's journeys so we can begin to take our kids eyes off of whether or not on the face of it it's success or failure and more of who they are and what they're learning in the midst of it all question today, I was talking to my friend, Reverend James Yates, and uh, we were talking about funerals and death. And I was wondering, we've had several questions in about um, people going to funerals. How do you explain that to children? And I thought I wanted to ask James a real specific question about how does he, as a vicar, explain to children and try to help them um, sort of spiritually find an answer for when their loved one or when the person that they know who's died doesn't have what we can from the outside go, well, that is a solid Christian and declared faith. How do you how do you talk about the afterlife and what happens after death with children when you have that really difficult middle line? And so I asked James to say what he says, and this was his answer. As a minister, I often come across families who have recently experienced a bereavement um, or a family member die, and uh, I'm often involved in that funeral preparation and that whole experience. And quite often, I will come across situations where people are keen to find out what has happened to their loved one. Uh, where are they now? What is the afterlife implications for them? Um, particularly difficult if they're a family that have not previously had any kind of Christian belief or or perhaps quite a nominal Christian belief and what I tell children is in fact the same thing I will tell adults in those situations which is that ultimately no no living person on this earth can be the ultimate judge of what happens to a person when they die that actually that responsibility lies purely with God and therefore only God knows truly what has happened to a person once they have died. We can get some indications of what happens through the Bible and through scripture. And I can share some scriptures that might help with that, like my father's house has many rooms or um, uh, that, you know, some of the other scriptures about eternal life, um, which uh, the Bible is full of. Um, but there is pastorally, I think the most useful thing is to say, look, the ultimate destination of that person is in the hands of God. Only God truly knows the decisions that that person has made, both in their life um, and when they have finally met him. And 
What we do know about God is that he's a God of love. He is uh, a God that cares for us. He's a God that wants the best for us. <clears throat> and if we believe those things, then we need to learn to trust that God has our relatives, our family members, our, our bereaved uh, friends and family in his loving care. And I think that's probably the, the, what I would communicate to a child. Um, the wider ramifications and spiritually for us, I think, are more for us to discern as adults um, how we live our lives, uh, what, how we respond to Christ in this life and whether that has eternal implications are not something I would burden on a child, but more the fact that grow to learn the God of love who, um, who promises to hold all our relatives in his hands. section it is books you don't have time to read i love this segment and i picked this book for it ages ago but it's a big book and so it took me a long time to read it which is why it's been a while since this segment has happened this segment is called books you don't have time to read because i don't know about you but i'm a busy parent and so there are so many books that i really 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 want to read and i purchase right now there's a a stack of like 11 books next to my bed and I just never get around to reading them and then I wonder which one is the one I should start with and so it's sort of like our book review segment but also I wanted to give you a little bit of tidbits and a little bit of sort of inside into it so that uh, in case you're wondering about reading it you can know a little bit of what you're going to get to chew on so this book is called Growing With Every Parent's Guide to Helping Teenagers and Young Adults Thrive in Their Faith, Family, and Future. It's written by Kara Powell and Stephen Argue. It uh, is American, and it's based from the Fuller Theological Seminary. They did an enormous amount of research, enormous bit of research. I think it was over five years uh, with huge uh, stats. Uh, they they used massive sample sizes and did some longevity studies and all sorts. They they really deep dove into something and they ended up writing many many books out of it. A uh, sticky faith came out of that book. Um, many other parenting books came out of that research, and it's it's a really significant bit of work that they did. And so two of them sat and wrote this book specifically looking at how you can parent teenagers and young adults um, to f thrive in their faith, their family, and their future. And it was, I have to say, guys, the best teenage book I have read. And uh, my copy is absolutely, I'm flipping through it now, absolutely covered in like arrows and highlights and things. And uh, I was initially reading it for you guys. And now this is just like, I've been reading it over and over and over again to like, you know, get ready. And uh, I think it's fantastic. What they've done is they've um, sort of taken some really great stats and written it for people of all different ways. So you have, it's written for parents, but they have in every chapter, like a little section of just research. That's like, this is what the research says. If your brain likes research, this is your little research section. Or you can just skim over that and get to the practical application bits. And so it's, it's incredibly useful for lots of different people. They have some really fun stats, like three-fourths of parents say that relationships with their children improve after the age of 15. So if you have a 13-year-old, have hope because 75% of parents say it gets a lot better after 15. I just found that really interesting. It, it sort of gives you some really 
um, significant ways of, of thinking about how you parent your teenagers. It says there's basically three strands. There's the withing, like W-I-T-H, with, but you're withing. It's a verb now. Uh, and that's to position yourself to influence your kid. And it sort of talks about all the different ways to, to walk alongside your child and position yourself so that you are doing life with them, not just them wandering off and you're going, okay, we'll have a good time. Uh, it talks about faithing, which is how to encourage teen and young adult faith and what that specifically looks like for them based on all the research. And adulting, which is sort of how to empower and teach them to be independent and wise. And how do you structure a parenting to support that? Uh, and within all of those withing and faithing and adulting, it talks about the sort of developmental stages. We know a lot about de developmental stages, stages of, you know, children and, you know, what their brains can do at three and what their brains can do at five. And they basically did that for teenagers and young adults, which is brilliant. So they talk about how they go through the phases of being a learner and then an explorer and then a focuser. And so they sort of... <laughs> teach you how to with alongside your learner and then when your child turns into an explorer well how that changes for you to go with your explorer kid and then how to go with your focuser kid and it teaches you how to position yourself so with a learner you're a teacher when you're when their kids are an explorer then you guide them when they're focusing then you're a resourcer and it 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 makes it really, really simple. And then they just come up with some really great advice, really specific advice on how to walk alongside your kids in this phase. So one of the examples is um, withing when you're going alongside your kid and it's talking about how to have interesting conversations with your teenager who's incredibly opinionated about things like politics and hot button topics. And I love that they were like, okay, this is if you want to talk to your kid who all of a sudden has become the world's expert in this thing, rather than just getting frustrated and walk away, here's how you do it. And so their suggestion is that you feel free to be as opinionated as you want, you know, put forth your thing and then ask them the question uh what do you disagree with or what do you think is wrong in what i am saying so you're opening up saying i have this opinion and i would like to know what you disagree with but then to follow that question up with and what do you think is right or what do you agree with and what i was saying so that that is not just you voicing your opinion at your kid and your kid voicing your opinion back at you but actually you're you're coming alongside of them to say what do you do disagree with very interesting and what do you agree with what i'm saying so they actually have to listen to you and to have a conversation i thought ma very interesting now whether or not that works for your kid i don't know but i love that they made the suggestion of that uh, and for faithing another thing they had they said 70 percent of secondary schoolers report um, having serious doubts about faith but because they did a longevity study um when but when they expressed and explained these ideas, so when the kids actually talked about their doubt, they found it was actually incredibly helpful long term for their faith development. And they had this quote, which I loved. It's not doubt that's toxic to faith. It's silence. And then it goes on to equip us on how do we how do we engage with our children's doubt and how do we have good conversations about it? Because the doubt itself can actually be really significant in their faith development. Sorry, I just knocked something over. Uh, and how can we do that? So it's a great book. It's an excellent book. It's a beast of a book, which means it's a big book. It is 282 pages, but it sort of feels like a reference book that you're going to come back to over and over and over again. So uh, yeah, 
I would suggest that's one of those books to get and then put on your shelf for a while and think, I really should get around to that because I think it's actually quite a good one. So uh, there you go. Books you don't have time to read. I've got to come up with better jingle than that. Growing With, it's called Every Parent's Guide to Helping Teenagers and Young Adults Thrive in Their Faith, Family, and Future. They have no idea that I did this review because I bought this book by myself. Uh, But hey, if you're out there and you're hearing this and you want to send us free books, I'll give them away. So uh, thank you so much. Enjoy. And if you don't have a teenager yet, uh, I'd suggest you start reading now because it's really interesting to get your brain around what you might be doing when your kid is 23. So take care. And the question to start an interesting conversation with your kid is this. What is one thing that you would like to win at and how would it affect your life if you did? Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight session course to get in touch or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.